VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Modern Manners Guys Quick and Dirty Tips for a More Polite Life. Wow, wow, wow. That's all I can say about the response to part one of Rude Office Weirdos. And as promised, let's bring on round two. Thankfully, I was not the only person who fell victim to the negative vibes of office weirdos who make life unmanageable for their coworkers. And like I did in part one, I want to be clear that not all weirdos are toxic, and as someone who spent over a decade as a professional wrestler, I recognize I have lost total ability to accuse anyone of being a little, well, off. But the people we're highlighting in this series embody certain quirks and have caused a greater riff in the office since the old Coke and Pepsi battles back in the day. So, before you totally write off Henry from accounting as being too weird, just because he collects his toenail clippings in a mason jar, let's give the Henrys of the world a chance with my list of nine of the weirdest co-workers, part two. Okay, so maybe there is no hope for Henry, but a mannerly person can find the good in anyone. Eh, who am I kidding? He's gross. Weird co-worker number four, the lone wolf. Whether in your personal life or at work, we all know a lone wolf who prefers to keep to themselves making little to no effort to engage with others. I've met tons of lone wolves in my life who, despite all the office fun, still insist on a life of solitude. Lunches alone, coffee breaks on alone, and barely says a word unless being asked. This by no means makes the lone wolf a bad person, nor should we ask the lone wolf in your life to change their ways. However, when it comes to the office culture, their preference for isolation can be rather damaging. Let me be clear. This is not a knock on any introverts out there, because whether someone prefers their pet over people or on the flip side can't get enough of entertaining a big crowd, there is not one person out there who could argue against some extra me time every now and then. Yet, with the lone wolf, there's being an introvert and then simply being so self-socially sequestered that it makes everyone in the office have to walk on eggshells around them 24-7. When that happens, it becomes a problem. Ironically, despite the lone wolf's efforts to go unnoticed in every office, big or small, the lone wolf tends to stand out due to their preferred seclusion. By insisting on not being social, their actions give them a weird sense of negative notoriety, especially to people that don't know the lone wolf well enough to accept them for who they are. This is where the issue of being a lone wolf goes from everyone has a right to their privacy to this person is way too awkward to work with. As I mentioned before, you do not have to be the social butterfly of the office. Yet when it comes to a positive office culture, everyone must make personal sacrifices to appease the greater good. And that means the lone wolf must learn how to run with the rest of the pack from time to time. If someone in the office is constantly taking themselves out of work obligations just because they want to, it can, and likely will, come across as rude, whether the lone wolf wants to accept that fact or not. 
I've always argued that when it comes to work, not everyone gets to use their personality or awkwardness as a free pass out of office engagements. By this, I'm not asking the lone wolf to howl into the microphone for karaoke night with the team or throw back drinks at a happy hour just so people like them more. I'm also not implying that a vegetarian must dive into wing night at the bar or someone who keeps kosher should rip apart shellfish just to fit in. Dietary issues and religious factors should always be respected and taken into consideration for any office event. However, aside from those exceptions, it's proper for everyone to simply play ball. When dealing with the lone wolf, the best thing to do is continually invite them to join you, even if you know they're going to decline. Never let the lone wolf get away with settling for not partaking in the office environment because you never know when they may be interested. Social interactions are one thing, but if the lone wolf is dodging team requirements left and right, they're using their individuality as a scapegoat. With that, I believe it's only proper to sit the lone wolf down and outline a plan to handle their preferences with the team's ideas. A positive work environment is more about being a team player. Think more like a member of a basketball team working together on the court than a boxer alone in the ring. After all, no one gets to sit back in the corner when it comes to building a positive workplace. Well, unless it's Henry and his jar of toenail clippings. He can work from home as long as he likes. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig, coffee maker, and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Weird coworker number five, the office storyteller. Did I ever tell you about that one time at Bandcamp? Hey, Paul, did I ever tell you about the time when I once saw Taylor Swift at a Shake Shack in L.A.? I told her to shake it off. Seriously, I swear. The first line was from the classic movie American Pie. But the Shake Shack event was a true story as told by my friend Paul by his office storyteller. This weirdsmobile can often hold the moniker of the overtalker as well. But the office storyteller is someone who has a tall tale for everything. Projects, vacations, events, conferences, you name it. They've done it all and won't hesitate to tell you about it. Now, as a writer, I love a good story, especially when it's true. However, the office storyteller tends to take the improper lead on being the narrator of every single situation that pops up with more fiction than fact, like seeing Taylor Swift at a Shake Shack, for example. The office storyteller may have good intentions, but their timing is consistently off, and their ability to read the room couldn't be any farther from ideal. Along with their lack of timing, their stories get wilder and wilder with every detail and having to decide what is real and a lie can result in a reputation backfire. 
Even if the office storyteller is a rather pleasant person, their inability to let others shine turned their kindness into being one of the weirdest and most improper co-workers in the office. Take Brooke from San Diego, who told me one office situation involving her own office storyteller, Jean, that became detrimental to a major project for the company. Gene would rave about his time working overseas, mingling with celebrities, and holding various records for his feats of strength in college. Of course he did. Brooke was used to hearing several of his tales and learned to ignore them like bad Muzak in a grocery store. However, during one meeting with a major client, the Gene Show came to town and became the downfall of a deal right from the start. While kibitzing with the client before the meeting got underway, the client mentioned a former company they used to work for And before they could go into detail, Gene took the reins. Matching the normal characteristics of the storyteller, Gene dominated the conversation, rudely pushed his own narrative, ignored anyone else in the room trying to speak, and even shushed Brooke when she tried to intervene. Gene began a long and winding road that led to the customer back to the door. A little Beatles reference there for you folks. But in this case, it was an exit door to be exact. Afterwards, Gene was reprimanded by not only Brooke, but management, and had a nasty reputation for not only being a blowhard, but also being too egotistical to get out of his own way. As a result, Gene was put on observance for his actions, and his storytelling took a backseat. So sad. The Gene situation is a perfect example of someone's weirdness becoming too out of control, and something that should have been stopped a long time ago. Sadly, It was Gene's own doing that made for a rather interesting story at the water cooler. Hey Gene, this one time a jerk in the office ruined a deal because they couldn't stop lying. It's called karma. Weird coworker number six, Mr. and Miss Tenure. There once was a time in corporate America when it was a standard norm to work 30 plus years at one company and retire with having the longest tenure in the office. Whether that's the case for some of you or not, there is a fine line between pulling rank based on your years of service or being unwilling to change with the times. This is a situation with Mr. and Ms. Tenure, who sees no desire to change and won't search for a stronger spot in the corporate chain. I can speak from first-hand experience in dealing with many Mr. and Ms. Tenures because I used to work for the federal government, and chalking up a few decades was not only normal, but expected. When I left the agency, my colleagues were shocked because I would no longer have the comfort, which it was, of the government lifestyle. But I needed a new challenge. I find at least trying, even if in your own company, at least more challenging is a healthy way to build your business portfolio. Then again, change isn't for everyone, including Mr. and Ms. Tenure, who looks at their time in the company as not only a badge of honor, which it is, but like a sheriff's badge to tell people what to do. How it has always been done, and still thinks a flip phone is just as good as an iPhone. It's not, by the way. Their inability to move with the growing changes of the office makes them a unique office weirdo and one that tends to rub people the wrong way. When it comes to properly handling the Mr. and Miss tenure, one thing to remember is that despite their inability to shift their demeanor, they are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the company's history. Along with that, it's only fair to treat their tenure with respect, keeping in mind they don't rule the room. Fortunately for my argument, and for you, Everyone in the office feels the same about Mr. and Miss Tenure's curmudgeonly ways. So, while you or your colleagues are seemingly more task-based and eager to climb the ladder, you can't let Mr. and Miss Tenure's inability to flex with modern times hinder your own future. In the end, they will not be part of the company's future roadmap because they don't have to be, whereas you do and it's your job to take the wheel and drive forward. 
This can be hard because it can feel like trying to talk to a stubborn child. So what do you do? Well, the proper way to approach Mr. and Ms. Tenure is to only engage when you need to and not force your ways onto them. As a united team front in the office, you can't allow them to not follow company protocols, from technology to culture, but you also can't twist their arm. Allow Mr. and Ms. Tenure to occupy their own space, but not overcrowd the team's ability to grow. Some office weirdos can be more easygoing than others, but when it comes to Mr. and Ms. Tenure, don't dismiss their bad habits 100%, but rather use their past successes to support your future gains by treating them kindly. You don't always have to agree with them, but you never know when they're going to leave, and they may even help give you a boost up if you put in some effort. All right, everyone, I can't wait to hear from you, so please drop me a line, manners at quickanddirtytips.com. Modern Manners Guy is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. Thanks to the amazing team at Quick and Dirty Tips. Adam Cecil, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchins, Davina Tomlin, and my producer, Dan Firebrand. I'm your host, Modern Manners Guy, Richie Freeman. And like I said, drop me a line anytime, voicemail or email, manners at quickanddirtytips.com. For more information about the show, visit quickanddirtytips.com or check out the show notes in your podcast app. Thanks so much again for listening and take care. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Every day, our world gets a little more connected. But a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.